Welcome to a brand new edition of the Keith Ergo Show. It's episode number four with a Fordham men's basketball coach coming off a huge win over St. Louis before a weekend trip to Richmond. It's five consecutive wins now for his team. Coach, as always, great to be with you, and congrats on a, on a good stretch for your young men. Hey, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Andrew. Um, you know what? We're, uh, we're excited. We got some things going uh, well and, and some, some good bounces in our favor. Um, obviously, two home games, and the energy was absolutely fantastic and rose thrill, as we're calling it now. And, um, you know, that, that's – I got to be honest with you. I was just talking to my father and explaining to him that uh, probably, probably a good seven points difference as a result of the fan base and the energy in that building on uh, whatever night it was. I think it was Wednesday night now. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was Tuesday. I'm having the same problem. It threw me off playing on yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. So I, I, you know what? And, and Travis Ford, who's just an awesome, awesome guy um, who, who I admire and have for a long time as a player. When I was growing up, I admired him. And then obviously as a coach, I think he's done a fantastic job. He's just a good person. He really, he's treated me really well since last year. Um, and, and if we can build a program that's sustainable, like he's done at St. Louis, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously be extremely fortunate, but so he texted me, let me know that, you know, that was an incredible experience, incredible college environment. I mean, that's coming from the St. Louis head coach. Their fan base is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty fantastic themselves. I mean, that arena is incredible every night they play there. So for him to say that it's a testament to, the administration, it's a testament to President Tetlow and her commitment, obviously a, pre, uh, a testament to Ed Cole, his his uh, athletic department, the, the, the commitment to basketball and getting the student body engaged has been absolutely fantastic. And truly, truly, I believe this wholeheartedly is the difference between Saturday and, and, and Tuesday's wins. It really is. So we need to continue that momentum, continue to bring those people into the building and uh, we're going to give every ounce of energy, whether or not that's a win or a loss. I can't guarantee that. But the energy that it creates and, and um, the passion our guys see from the fan base, they have no other choice to play as hard as they possibly can because they don't want to let you down. You know, rightfully so, through the first couple of episodes of, of this podcast, you know, you were asking for people to show up. They showed up. They certainly did. And in particular, uh, the student section has shown up. And it seems like you've unleashed a little group of monsters on campus because those <laughs> those dudes were not messing. They were in that gym at 620 before yeah. a seven o'clock tip. They were booing the St. Louis managers, the St. Yeah. Louis SID. They they did their job at the least. <laughs> it's a dream come true. Quite honestly, that's that's what college sports are all about. That's why I think it's the greatest, uh, better than any. You know, I love pro sports, too. But there's nothing quite like college environments. And, and and Travis Ford said it when they pulled up on the bus, the DJ outside, the strobe lights, you could hear the, the students already rushing into the building. He said during warm ups, our players are like, we can't believe because they, they weren't anticipating it at all. You know, they, they didn't think that that's not been their experience in the past when they've come to Rose Thrill. So, um, and now we're, we're going to try to, I'm going to get a, a movement. My brother, Michael, is, is pretty creative. He's an English uh, major, and he was like, we got to call him the shirtless herd. So, the shirtless <laughs> herd, those first couple rows in, in that student section, if we can continue to and make that a tradition and, and something like no no shirts, no shoes, no problems. So, you know, it's something he came up with on a T-shirt, let Fordham go. It's pretty awesome. So, we're going to try to start some momentum of some traditions here. Because now if we can continue to do that, 
And that's how you build something sustainable. And that's always been the goal here, not just a one hit wonder, but something we can enjoy and experience for years to come. And hopefully this is the beginning of what could be a, a, a strong tradition because um, that's what we're trying to, to, to create. Not just about right now. It's about three to four to five years from now and seven years from now. Something that we can create here at, at Fordham that people are very nervous about coming to play us. So I mentioned this sign to you after the game on Tuesday, and I'm a journalist, so I kept digging around. The sign that said, Keith Ergo, kiss me gingerly. <laughs> I assumed, because I'm old and not cool, that that was some kind of pop culture reference that I just didn't know anything about, maybe from a TV show, a TikTok video. I got no clue. But apparently, it's just a simple, honest question from somebody that goes to Fordham that's looking to be kissed gingerly by somebody. So congrats. You know on, what? I, I heard... I heard something about um, a reference to Vince Scully. Yeah, I heard what, that too, but that's not true. I went to the true? source. That's not okay. true. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure who was holding up the sign, but like I mentioned to you in the post, I got four kids. And as you're yeah. aware, I'm wearing a hat because I've been racing around all morning, getting two boys to school, trying to get a cup of coffee, taking my other daughter with a broken leg to her daycare. And trying to get back here for 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 the podcast, no air, you know, the heat's turned off right now. So, you know, I I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have enough time to 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 take a shower or even you know get. Uh, I like to believe I need a haircut, but my brothers will tell you different. But um, you know, so I appreciate that energy, but I'm just trying to figure out how to get to the shower first. Uh, a couple of house cleaning notes here. Speaking of the crowd, I've been told that there's four home games left on the schedule. Yes. And tickets are selling to the point where you should not expect to be able to walk up to the Rose Hill gym on game day and get in. So if you want to see your team coach buy tickets ahead of time, that's a that's a pretty cool thing. That is. I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm, I'm only focused on today and today's practice getting better today and the tomorrow's and then going at Richmond. Uh, I don't even I, I, I'm not exactly sure. And I know this is crazy. I, I didn't even know what day it was. I had to ask you. So you can imagine, I'm not even sure who we play next week. I know, uh, <laughs> you know, so, um, but that's pretty fantastic. I mean, that's, that's a testament to the student body. It's really a testament to the players. You know, it's funny. Like everybody's like, ah, what's the, well, the players, I mean, you know, <laughs> you can't win games without guys like Darius Quisenberry, Glib Moore, Antrell Charlton, Kyle Rose. So they've created this standard, um, and, and it's pretty exciting that they're starting to reap the rewards of the fan base. Um, and I think it was Kyle Rose the other day said, I've been here for four years and I've never seen anything like that. Um, so you can tell when he says something like that, how much it means to them. And I'm telling you right now, when, when the place is like that and the energy, it's not just about having seats filled. I think Saturday was fantastic. The place was filled. But it wasn't nearly the type of raucous crowd and energy and how loud on Wednesday night. Wednesday night was a totally different situation. It was packed with students and students going bananas. And as a result, you couldn't hear anything on the court. And they're at the end of the visiting team's bench. So that's timeouts they can't hear. That's yeah. during the game. The coach is trying to coach them, especially in the second half when they're trying to run offense. It's it's a huge, huge deal in a comb court events because they're almost on top of you and it's so loud to begin with that it makes a world of difference. So hear that to hear that from you, I, I got it pumps me up and it gets us that more motivated to make sure that we're at least prepared at, at the most we can be. I believe at this stage 
we have enough depth and talent that if we're playing as hard and as together as we have been, we're going to have a shot inside that four-minute timeout. That's always the goal. I don't know if we're going to necessarily make a shot or whatever it might be. Sometimes the ball doesn't mount your way, or sometimes players from the opposing team just make ridiculous plays. That happens. Doesn't mean we're not playing as hard and giving as much energy as we can, but I believe with the reciprocation of the energy from the from the fan base, our guys are going to give every ounce of energy they have, and hopefully that equals wins, but I can promise you they're going to play as hard as they're capable of playing as a result. Can I make one suggestion on behalf of the guys, the folks that sit around our broadcast location? Would you guys Absolutely. ever be okay, get okay with being ahead at the four-minute timeout and then <laughs> fighting off a win as opposed to being behind and having a rally leak? We switched the script a little bit. I got to be honest with you. If you're asking that, what do you think I'm begging for? I mean, I, you know, <laughs> um, you know, but that's that that's it, it actually shows and we've talked about it, it eventually that bites you in the butt. But we, we pulled out, I think, in G, GW, we 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 uh, we I think we took the lead just kind of under this under eight minutes, really well before the four minute. But um, that's that's our identity. It's kind of the way we play. You know, we know we're not going to. I mean, honestly, we haven't really put together 40 minutes of offense. We put together 20 minutes of offense. The other night, we didn't. I think you mentioned it at the end of your broadcast. Um, you know, it's not like we came out and shot the lights out. Um, we just played solid and, and really hard, and we make it difficult for the opposing team on offense. If we put together a game, I mean, we put together halves. I think at GW, we scored 50 or, or – um, at St. Bonaventure, we had 51, and GW, we had 52 in the second half. And the other night, we, we, we scored a good amount of points in the second half. But, you know, for us, we still have a lot to be desired. I mean, I think we put 30, 30 minutes of good basketball together. We have yet to put 40 minutes, certainly on offense. We put some good, good, good to halves together defensively. But we got to get to 30, 35 minutes of good offensive games where we're shooting the ball well consistently. And if we can do that and play with the same intensity on the defensive end, we will be winning inside, but well before that four minute timeout. But it's hard. It's hard. That's the that's the ultimate goal. By the end of February, we have a long way to go. You said before you thought maybe St. Louis was surprised by the atmosphere on Tuesday night. Do you think teams no are surprised question. by what you guys can do on the court still? I'm not really that surprised about the court. I mean, our defensive intensity. That's our, that's our identity. We talk about that. We've got tough experienced guys and in, in Antrell and Kyle Rose and Darius Quisenberry is playing harder than he ever has on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, Khalid Moore is playing with an energy unlike any other time in his career. And our bigs are physical, right? Roslov and Abdu are physical bigs. And even Elijah, he's just kind of a different dynamic when he gets in there because he's so skilled. And so he's, he's not, he, he's not soft, he's, but he's also really skilled. He gives you a totally different Dynamic, but guys like Pat Kelly, 23 years old, right? He's not scared of the moment. He's not, he's physical. And so I'm not that uh, surprised at our defensive intensity or, or, or effort. Um, uh, I'd like to, to get a little bit more consistency, not like we need to get more consistent on the offensive end for both halves. Um, so I think there's, we have a lot, a lot of room to grow, which is really exciting for us. I mean, yesterday in film, we're going through film and we're going through a couple of what we have our, our game goals every day that things that we're trying to accomplish that we believe if we get, you know, four out of the, the eight game goals, we're going to win most of our games. And we only got three of them. And these guys know we're not even playing 
up to the level that we're capable of playing. We're playing solid, but they know we have so much room to grow and we have to continue to get better individually and collectively. So their goal is to continue to get better and having that mindset from within the locker room, not necessarily coming from the coaches is really, really, really good. And, and for us, really exciting as a staff. All right, let's talk more about your defense in particular. Kyle, what he did the last two games, really. James Bishop under seven points under his average on Saturday. Yeah. And then Yuri Collins having one assist um, yeah. is kind of mind-boggling. I mean, I I haven't written down 10 assists per game on my one of my spotting charts ever. And that's yeah. what he's got. Had never had less than four in a game. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I wish I could have been a point guard growing up. I was pumped to see him <laughs> play and be a point guard. Hopefully not too much to your, you know, to your detriment. Yeah. And he was a non-factor for basically yeah. the, the entire game. How in the world did you guys do that? Well, you know, first of all, it's player having good players, having tough physical players that actually embrace the defensive end. That's the number one thing. There's no, you know, schematically we, we mixed in some things, but it, none of that stuff works unless you got guys that are committed to doing it. And Kyle Rose, Will Richardson, you know, Antrell Charlton, um, look, that kid is, he, you know, he is such an awesome basketball player. You watch film and it's so fun to watch. He's just so patient, so poised. I mean, he sees the floor one or two three, he steps ahead of almost anybody else on the floor. So all we try to do is wear him out. We try to pick him up 94 feet the entire game, try to use different bodies on him. It wasn't just Kyle Rose. It was it could have been Darius. It could have been Antrell. It could have been um, – we put Ramad Dean on him at one point. Will Richardson, we were trying to shuffle in as many fresh bodies on him as possible. Use a little bit more length. But pick him up 94 feet because you can't completely shut him down. He's going to make some plays. You know that. But you want to wear him down and make things difficult using length. And we wanted to make sure he was going to his left because he really – he's just – when he gets to his right hand, he can do everything on the floor. So we wanted to keep him going left where for the most part, he had to jump to make passes and he could only finish at the rims, not as effective as a passer, which is, which is, doesn't mean he's not effective. He's just not as effective if he's going right. So that was kind of the game plan and our guys executed that. We didn't do a great job in the, the, the first 10 minutes. Um, but we also wanted to be aggressive on the offensive end with him and try to, our goal was to try to go at him a little bit and get him into some foul trouble when we could. And fortunately, we were able to do that in the first half. Um, credit to them. They still went into halftime leading, even though he didn't play a ton in the first half. So, uh, But it's just an ulti uh, ultimate commitment to our guys. They embrace what we're trying to do defensively. Um, and, and they understand that it's got to take 40 minutes. And hopefully at some point we wear their best players, so to speak, out. Or their most important anyway. On top of you know the effort, the commitment, the heart, What's the technical stuff that makes Kyle's a good on-ball defender? His anticipation. I mean, honestly, he's got great length. He's got great physicality. His anticipation, he studies um, the scouting report very well. He watches film, which is something I've been really, really impressed. And one of the biggest differences in these guys and their growth is these upperclassmen are watching film. They watch film. They watch the games like two nights before. They're into it. They could tell you exactly what they did against whoever they played last, more so than I could. So I'm watching five different games, six different games. They're watching the last one or two. 
Um, so they're updated, like they're buying into becoming tr or trying to become professionals in some sort of way. They've been mature. So they're studying tendencies more than I've ever been around. And it's impressive because they're picking up on them. Um, so it's just usually his anticipation and his relentless effort, right? Relentless effort. He's not sitting at half court. He's literally, he knows he's going to give us two and a half to three minutes at most of everything he's got. Then he holds up a fist. When he holds up a fist, that's our, he, he, that's, that's him notifying us. I got to get out. I need a rest. He does it three or four times in a game. And that is something that if you're getting 13 guys or all 17 on our roster doing that on a regular basis, well, now you got something special because everybody's going in and just playing as hard as they possibly can. He is not focused on offense at all. As a result, he's playing so hard defensively that he's not shooting the ball as well as he was because he's not even focused on it and he's wiped out. So we got to get to the point where he's playing as hard as he is and he's still able to knock down some jump shots because when he's doing that, now he, he's got the potential to be a big-time player. And then on offense, 27 for Darius on Tuesday night. We were super yeah. nice to him in the last episode. You don't spend too much time on him today, but he's going to have 2,000 points before the next time you and I talk here on I this podcast. So. Um, just, I mean, just give me something again about this guy you've known now for a couple of years. And really, yeah. I, I feel like you, you couldn't have asked for anything more for him coming here for these last two years. Yeah, you know what? Um, he's been an incredible ambassador for our program. He wanted to do something. We call him trailblazers. He wanted to be a trailblazer. He wanted to stick around here at the end of last year. He had committed to coming here and trying to do something different. We all have. You know, a lot of us have, have gone to different places and, and helped those places become bigger than they were by the time we left. That was his ultimate goal here for Fordham and utilize everything it has to offer from the alumni base to, to the to the basketball piece. He's embraced the entire um, Cura personnel. He's bought into being at a Jesuit institution and becoming a complete human being. He loves it. He's embraced it. Not only that, we challenged him a few weeks back to, you know, when Darius was younger, and he still does, but not nearly as much, he was very emotional. And once he got too emotional, he was done, couldn't move on, couldn't, could he, he just couldn't have a, an attitude where it helped him move, like, take a couple deep breaths, get your, get your situation together and move on. He couldn't do that. And he struggled a lot last year with that. He's now not letting things kind of, he's, he's able to make a mistake or something not go his way and completely move on. And as a result, he has embraced the challenge of helping Elijah Gray. That's how Elijah Gray was when he first stepped up on the campus. Gets real emotional, right? He's very competitive, um, but he, he couldn't, if something, if um, we call it compounding a mistake, he would make a mistake on one end, and as a result, he couldn't recover fast enough, and he would make two or three mistakes in a row. Darius is not doing that, and now he's living with Elijah on the road when we travel, He's at baskets with him shooting and shooting drills. He's influencing Elijah because he has said, I don't want Elijah to make the same mistakes I do and wait until his last year where he's not making those mistakes anymore. He said, I didn't have that example in front of me. I want to do that. He's embraced that. And that's actually helped him not even think about what his own situation is. And Elijah's embraced that. And you've seen here in the last couple of weeks. So not only is, is DQ playing at a high level, he's also helping others and that's when you got a lead, leader at the highest level, when they're not concerned with themselves, 
they're trying to influence others. So, I mean, I'm just blown away by his maturity, his, his, um, his competitive nature and what he's been able to do in our locker room. It's been uh, it's been a dream come true. Hopefully we can continue to have that. It's really necessary to build something really special to keep it going, to have leaders from within the locker room, the guys that have bought into it. So um, that's what we got right now. And we got to utilize that to the best of our advantage. So you get this huge win on Tuesday night. We're speaking on Friday morning. I think you've been recruiting in between the game and yeah. today. Maybe not the singular St. Louis win, but an 18 and four start. Is there any, is there a different feel about Fordham when you walk into gyms and talk to kids now? Absolutely. I mean, that's not, I mean, that, that's, that's anywhere where, you know, you got to capitalize on the momentum, right? So, you know, especially with the transfer portal and things of that nature, people are excited about Fordham. It's New York city, the greatest city in the world. Um, and, and anybody who's from the tri-state area knows the reputation of a Fordham degree, the alumni base, so it, it's it's been powerful. It's been powerful, and we got to be careful. We don't want to. We, we we're focusing on our own program, our own guys, and spending time with them. But with a day like Thursday, where you have or Wednesday that you have off, you got to get out as much as possible. So you know, I don't think people comprehend. Um, you know, during the season or even off season, this is a seven day type job, 365 days. If you're, you know, even on Christmas morning, you're texting and calling recruits and all the players and their families. If you're doing a good job and our staff has done a tremendous job. So even though it was a day off for our players to rest, every one of our play, uh, assistants and our staff were out Wednesday, just getting out to the community, going to games. We want to be seen as much as possible. You know, we want to create, continue and, and capitalize on the momentum that we have. Because in order to keep a program sustainable, you got to continue to get great players. But it's really important that we get the players that fit Fordham. You can't just go out and get really talented players. You got to get the players that are going to fit what we're trying to do here and embrace the entire institution. We've done a, our staff is, it started with Kyle Neptune, and our staff has done a tremendous job of identifying kids that we believe not just are great players, but really fit what we're, what we're all about here at Fordham. And, and so we got to continue that momentum. I don't know the rules. I should. Can you talk about the, the two young men that are committed to you for next season? Are you allowed to say anything about them at this point? Yeah, we can because both of them are signed um, on, on the dotted line. So once they sign their letter of commitments, we, we can we can talk about them. And um, uh, Jameer Tripp is is at OSL. He's kind of a six seven. Pretty much plays every position from the point to the to the five. Um, he's similar to Khalid Moore, just a, a little bit maybe thicker at this point. Um, but he, he he's coming in with a, a skill level, uh, pretty much play every single position, really high-level basketball player with a great IQ and a tremendous family. Alex Bates is like Peter Parker off the court. I mean, he's <laughs> one of, you know, 4-0 student. You know, you would have no idea that he's a basketball player. All of a sudden, he steps between the lines. And for lack of a better term, he's a tenacious killer. Um, and that's what we want. We want wonderful young human beings off the court where they're great students and they're, and, and they're, they're great in the community, but between the lines, you have to be so competitive that you could become almost a completely different human being, very athletic and a tremendous um, catch and shoot guy. So he's a kid who can make seven or 10, seven, between seven and 10 threes in a game and has. So um, we're very excited about those two young men coming in. They'll add some, some serious firepower to our roster. Um, and then, you know, so, so very excited. And they're both, embracing both of their families are psyched they're pumped so you got a local kid and then you got a kid from charlotte so really good job by our staff identifying who we believe can help continue the momentum 
so on that note, one local kid plus Wills from the area, Khalid comes back to the area. No, best. people like to from, put an emphasis on, right. Uh, you know, people want to put an emphasis on recruiting New York city. Is that yeah. extra important or is that kind of an outsider thing that we, that we read too much into the importance of recruiting in your home base, your home area? Well, it's a little bit different now, but yes, I mean, it is extremely important. I mean, there's so much talent right here in the tri-state area. It, there is an incredible amount of talent and, and wonderful, wonderful people, great schools. So there's a lot of schools that, you know, you're recruiting these kids and they're prepared for the entire experience at Fordham, the academic piece as well as the athletic piece. And that's really important. Um, so it, it is important. Now, a lot of the New York City area kids, um, and they're trying to change it. Some places are, but a lot of them leave to go to prep schools and things of that nature. Or, you know, if we don't get them out of high school, there's a great opportunity potentially for the transfer portal. So a lot of kids who leave to go to schools and decided to come, you know, decided to transfer. Well, now they're well, they're interested in potentially coming back to the area. So whether or not it's out of high school or, or through the transfer portal, we are definitely active in the area and we want to continue being that way. Um, all right. Last thing. This is strangely important to me. I caught you before the game Tuesday getting a Diet Coke from the concession stands in the gym. <laughs> Did you run out back in the back? Is that a is that a superstitious thing? What, what, what was going on? Uh, you know what? Um, you know, Fordham, we, we got a long way to go at Fordham, you know, and, and I like it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, you know, so it is what it is. It's just I, I went out there and, you know, um, they, 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 they didn't really know who I was a couple of games ago. And I, that, that's music to my ears. And I, you know, I, I, I pay full price and I want to continue doing that. I'm like anybody else and hungry and humble, just like if we're going to tell our, 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 our student athletes that, you know, our staff's got to be the same way. So now I've done it and it's become kind of a habit and I'm going to continue yeah. to do that now, regardless of whether or not they try to give it to me for free or not, I'm going to pay my $3 for my Diet Coke and keep it moving. Yeah, um, I've bought a water from that same woman for I don't know now six or seven years, and I don't. I think we meet anew every single home game, so <laughs> I think that's just the way she rolls. Yeah, which is great, which is good. That's what you know keeps you humble, and and we need to continue that momentum. And um, you know, so even if I don't drink it, I'm gonna go out there, and it's kind of like a little sneak peek at the warmups. Uh, I don't love sitting out there watching people warm up, but when I go out there to get my diet coke, it's my I just. I just kind of peep out and see kind of the energy that's going on in the warmups. Probably not a good idea because if I don't see what I like, I might lose it. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's a big thing with head coaches. Some coaches don't go out there and watch warmups. Yeah. Some sit out there the whole time. Some are superstitious about it. I never really cared, but now all of a sudden it's working. So I'm going out there for a little bit of, and I'm going to keep it rolling. Yeah, things are definitely working right now. Coach, congrats on this good stretch and, and good luck Sunday at Richmond. And we'll see you next week back at home against uh, against UMass. Hey, Andrews, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. I love the, that we get an opportunity to do this so I can talk about our student athletes. But again, I want to reiterate to, to Rose Thrill and, and the shirtless herd as we're going to try to continue to, to label them so we can build this thing. But please continue to show your support for these student athletes. They have earned it. They're working incredibly hard trying to represent the name on the front of the jersey. It makes a world of difference. So please continue to come out and support. Let's keep that place rocking. And I promise you, it'll make a seven to 10 point difference. Uh, and again, get your tickets now because walking up and getting in on game day is getting tougher and tougher. And maybe is going to be impossible in the near future. Coach, again, safe travels to Richmond. We'll see you next week. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you again back here soon on the Keith Ergo Show. Go Rams!